Sometimes in life we just suffer. Sometimes it's from being totally withdrawn. Or so much stress that we are totally anxious. Or so tired that we are totally burnt out. But our current position is not our final destination. No, indeed. There's hope. So whether it's your personal life, your career, your relationship, your business, or your job, we say there's reason to believe again. And we present from Andy's personal development, the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, and prosperity. Stay tuned for more. Our next guest in the breakout room is Chris Agafi. He's a heart intelligence coach and best-selling author co-creator of HeartQ and the Heart Intelligent Lifestyle. This is our guest. Chris is a family-oriented man. He has his wife, Dr. Madalena, and the rest of the crew. Chris guides others in finding the inner knowing of their heart, connecting to their innate heart intelligence, and designing an aligned and fulfilling life. So, let's welcome this heart-centered coach, live in the breakout room, Chris Agafi. Okay, so we are live on Andy's personal development, and this is Andy in the breakout room together with our special guest today, Chris Agafi. And he is a heart intelligent coach, a best-selling author, co-creator of HeartQ, and the Heart Intelligent Lifestyle. So much more he can share with us today. So first of all, let me you know, say thank you to Chris for coming on to the show and for being here. And we know we're gonna have so much vital information coming from you with regards to heart intelligence. But first of all, just introduce yourself, Chris, and tell us a little bit about yourself as we begin our episode today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Andy, first of all, for having me on, for uh, you know, creating this stage, this platform for me to, to share uh, you know, my, my message, my story, and um, whatever comes, whatever comes out today, let's see, let's find out. Let's be curious, right? Um, yeah. So, um, a little bit about me. Uh, I always, uh, kind of split my story in, uh, in, uh, two parts, you know, between the present moment and let's say 10 years ago, uh, that's when, when, uh, a shift happened for me and then the 10 years, you know, before that 10 years, right. Uh, which actually the 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 part the the first part before the ten years 
is actually the foundation for the next 10 years, right? So that, that's kind of how it works. And um, in a nutshell, I would, uh, I would share this, the most uh, pertinent uh, points is that, you know, I, I grew up, um, uh, my, 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 my dad, my father was a, a, a diplomat. So I got the opportunity to travel with him wherever he went. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, from the outside, <clears throat> Uh, it looked like an amazing life, like an amazing story, you know, get to travel the world, get to um, interact with different people, different cultures. Uh, and it really was, it really was from that point of view. Um, but, you know, there was also the, the, um, the dark side of that, so to speak, you know, um, the shadow part of that, which was that, you know, the diplomatic environment is a very strict environment. Right. right. It's, very, it's a lot of protocols. It, things have to be very, very strict in a specific way. And everything is based on image. Okay. Right. How things appear. And so I remember my, my, my dad, my father would tell me like, hey, you know, Chris, remember that your, the, your behavior, everything that you say, everything that you do, everything is a reflection on your country. Okay. So for me, it was very, it was a bit challenging to understand because I was three years old at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know, I did my best and I've always, I've, I, I learned, I learned how to um, act and, and live my life in accordance to outside expectations. Okay. And that formed the conditioning part of myself, which was the lens to always um, see myself through an, uh, other people's lens, right? And um, that led up to the, you know, living a very inauthentic life. Let me put it that way, you know. But no, no, there was no room for self-expression, right? Um, and then 10 years ago, um, with, the, with the divine intervention of uh, something that happened to my wife, actually, uh, where, I'm, I'm sorry? Dr. Madalena. To Madalena, that's correct. My my better half. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, she um, basically what happened is that she's always been a very active person, you know, very, you know, doing triathlons, marathons, things like that. So she was always very, very active. In addition to living a very stressful life. I mean, she's a she's a cardiologist. So her life is extremely, extremely busy and stressful. So uh, one day she went for her run, which it was her her way of kind of like releasing and, and unwinding. Yeah. However, um, she's, she got an injury. She started limping uh, and she, she couldn't walk anymore. Okay. Uh, and and this, physical, this physical condition that she experienced was, could not be um, understood or healed in any way by uh, the Western medicine doctors, right? We've done that for, for one year. We spent a lot of money and went through a lot of... Um, experts but nobody could figure it out everyone said you're fine there's nothing wrong that put her on on this journey of saying okay i'm gonna i'm gonna say no more to the outside world to the outside way of healing and now i'm gonna go inside okay and one thing led to another and start her she started on this path of personal development personal spiritual development right and after uh some time after you know maybe like a few months or so I, I started noticing something in her and that prompted me to go to her and say, wait a minute, what exactly are you doing? Because I'm noticing that you are experiencing life 
um, with a lot less stress. You know, some things are shifting in your life, you know, just your own interaction of life. So uh, that was my introduction to, to the same personal development um, uh, path. And so I've been on that for the past 10 years. And um, I mean, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. And it's interesting because the more I advance, even though it's been 10 years now, the more I advance on this uh, inner journey, the more I'm discovering how much more there is to discover. Okay. So that's the nutshell version. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Fantastic. So Chris, thanks for sharing. Um, that's a really moving story and we appreciate uh, the passion that you showed in sharing with us. So tell us, what is the definition of a heart intelligence coach? Mm. That's a great question. So, um, how about I explain that through sharing uh, an experience that I've had with, uh, with uh, someone that I worked with. Okay. So this, this person that I was working with um, came to me with, you know, among their, their panoply of things was um, challenges with family. Okay. okay. And of course, every time I work with someone that has a challenge, a challenging relationship with family, it's always conditioning. It's always the condition that they've received, what they've learned to behave, and the way that they've trained their own family to behave with them. Okay. And so um, the way that, that she was describing it is that even though she was having the awareness that there was um, conditioning happening, she could not break out of it. Okay. So she was aware of it, but she could not take that action. She, the way she described it is, was that she was, uh, it felt like a spell, almost like she was hijacked yeah. by, these, by these patterns. And, um, and she didn't want them. She didn't like it. She didn't like herself in, uh, the, in, in that interaction with, with, with her family, right? And being under the spell. And so what I've noticed as she was describing her situation to me, what I've discovered is that, number one, she's approaching it from a mental, uh, from a mental level. Right. Okay? Yeah. That's number one. Number two, what I noticed was that she was actually, she was resisting it, right? Basically what she was not, she was not saying, but it was there, is that I don't like this. I don't want this. Okay. Basically that's what she was saying. Um, so even though she was not wanting it and was resisting it, simply by the fact that she was resisting it, she was entering a relationship of attachment with it. Ah. She was holding on to it right. and she was getting more of it. And then she was saying more, I don't want it. And it was just this perpetual cycle. So um, I, had, I invited her to get out of her mind mm -hmm. and to tap into, like really just go down into her heart yeah. and feel Stop thinking and more feel, feel what is true for her, right? And it's interesting because when we feel, our body has always um, has this way of teaching us, uh, of, of telling us, giving us messages, what, what is true to us. But we've learned through our conditioning because, you know, when we're children, we're growing up, uh, we're not prepared to, to deal with the world. And a lot of times we have very unconscious parents that come to us and say, no, uh, you're bad, or you're wrong, or all these things. And we don't have coping mechanisms as, as children. So what we do is uh, we go into our head. 
So that's what we've all learned. That's what she's learned to do. So by going back into our heart and kind of feeling, letting ourselves feel what is, what is going on, what is true for her, what she realized is that a better way to deal with this uh, scenario from a, from a heart-centered way was instead of when she, when, like, when she feels the spell, what she called a spell, coming on, instead of saying, no, I don't want it and resisting it, instead, letting it pass, literally getting out of the way. And I had her go through a, a, a almost like an NLP, like just moving her body and feeling how that feels for her to just letting things pass while, while staying in her heart and then simply observing, observing what is happening uh, outside of her and also what is happening inside of her. So through this, you know, this is just one, one, one example where, where, you know, tapping into your heart and, and approaching the world and your ex life experience from that is, um, is, is actually as a way to alchemize, right? Yeah. Wonderful. Um, I get the impression that I can use an analogy of someone standing on a platform mm -hmm. and there's this high-speed train that is passing by. Mm -hmm. And because the train is passing at a high speed, all the stuff that comes with it in terms of the draft and the afterdraft and stuff, it is pushing you and pulling you and you feel like you could get caught up and go into it. But if you brace yourself and you focus on just being an observer and not getting caught up into the draft and the afterdraft of the train, nothing about what the train is doing will actually affect you. I wonder if I'm seeing it that way, Chris. Mm. That's a, that's a perfect metaphor. In fact, when you said this example, when you gave this example, it, it reminded me of an experience or you know, um, a coaching experience that I had with, with a different client that does you know, really embodies exactly what you just said. Their problem was that um, what they were experiencing was this fear, a fear of, of acting. It was... Um, taking, the, taking the, that powerful move towards their business, right? In, the, in their business. And so, but they had this fear that was just holding them back. And again, of course, it came with it, all the frustrations and all the anger and all of those things, right? And again, there was this attachment. Right. And they were saying, no, I don't want this fear. Almost like saying, um, I'm going to act when I don't have the fear anymore. And they were caught up in this, this draft I love the, the metaphor that you use in this draft of figuring out how am I going to get rid of the fear, right? right? So how I, what, I, what I invited him to do would be like, how would it be to, instead of doing all of that, which takes so much energy and it doesn't get you anywhere, you're just kind of like you're in this eddy of, of draft, right? Mm -hmm. Going in circles. How would it be to, to look at um, your fear? And by the way, a lot of times um, when, when I talk to people, uh, just like now, we are interacting at a at a uh, intellectual level, at a mind level. Yeah. So I know that when I tell people, "Hey, look, um, you know, your fear, you are not your fear. Uh, the fear is here to tell you a message. Um, you know, uh, embrace your fear. All of this, the acting in regards of it. If I say all of those things, it's just going to pass by them mm. because their brain is 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 wired for survival. And when they are in the fear, it's all about survival. 
So what I do, this is just my own way of doing it, is that I always bring people from their mind down to their heart. Okay. So I did actually have them close their eyes and I communicated everything while they were feeling. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to, when you drop into your heart, to feel, to feel everything. Yes. So what I had them do basically was to shift the narrative. So instead of seeing themselves as I am fearful and I am trying to figure out a way to get rid of my fear so that I can move forward, I changed the narrative for them. Well, I didn't do it for them. I invited them to change it themselves, right? Um, where they, they saw themselves as separate from their fear. It was me, the person, and then me, the person experiencing the fear, experiencing something that's outside of myself, right? Yeah. Then instead of saying, oh, this fear, I'm, I'm, ex I'm feeling it. I don't want it, right? Again, getting this attachment, you know, to say, I see you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to proceed. I'm going to go forward, right? In spite of you. However, instead, but instead of saying, I don't want you here, I'm going to invite you along. I'm going to invite you and I'm going to say to you, come along with me, mm -hmm. keep me safe, tell me, teach me, get, you know, impart, impart to me your wisdom because you're here for a reason, right? right? Everything that we're experiencing is here for a reason. So, you know, share with me your, your wisdom. However, you get to leave whenever you want or whenever I choose to. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Great. Thanks for sharing, Chris. Um, I'm going to read a little something that I saw on your information, and I basically believe it is you speaking. It says, I had to leave myself and become someone I was not mm -hmm. just to please those around me. Would you consider the term imposter syndrome as a representative of that, what you just described there, and how that affects so many of us today? in the world where we think that we have to please someone or mm. something else. And we really find ourselves caught up in a way where we cannot express who we truly are. How challenging is that for folks today, Chris? And it, it, is, it is pervasive. It is, I see it uh, in everyone. It has been my story. Yes, it is true that I was, I was the one speaking there. And I was referring, of course, to the, all those years where when I was living um, in the diplomatic environment and I had to become someone else. Right. And then by doing that, um, I forgot who I was. I had to leave myself and I forgot who I was, right? Um, and we all do this. Mm. I, I have not yet met anyone that, that is fully in their heart and they are fully embodying their authenticity. So when, when we do that, here's the thing. We are always unconsciously ask ourselves questions, yes. right? And a lot of times like, okay, for example, why is this happening to me? Oh, why am I overweight? Why can I not do this, right? It's, we're always asking ourselves these unconscious questions. And a lot of times these questions are very disempowering. Now, what's underneath that is, are these questions that are evolutionary? And usually we ask two questions. Number one, and again, this goes back thousands of years. This is conditioning from thousands of years of humanity. Right. We ask ourselves, number one, am I safe? This mm. is the primary question that we always ask, am I safe? Mm. And number two, which is actually, uh, it's, it's, it's very much attached to this first one, is 
uh, do I belong? Right. Because if I belong, then I'm safe, right? So now knowing this is like, we are always asking ourselves in every interaction, is, is this, you know, I could be in a, in a, you know, in a conflict, let's say with my spouse, with my partner. And the question that I'm always asking myself drives all my behavior is I am not safe. So how can I get safe? Yeah. And uh, I'm not feeling the love, which means I don't belong. So how can I belong? Uh, I get it. And so now we do this. I'll just give you one example. We do this in everything in life, in everything in life. When we are students in school, when we are in, in our workplace, when we are interacting with people in the world, right? And so in order to um, um, see, when, when we are asking ourselves that, we automatically go into our mind. We go into our mind and we try to strategize. Yeah. So what we've learned, again, conditioning is that it's, it's easier to pretend. Mm-hmm. It is easier to put on a mask and say, this is how, uh, even though I have all these fears, I'm actually, um, I'm, 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 I'm looking at you and you, I want you to see me as being powerful. But behind that mask, I am very scared, right? But I don't want people to see that. Yes. And so now we are showing up to the world with layers and layers of masks. Yes. Right. And that is the, where the imposter syndrome comes, because even though people may see us in a specific way, in this image that we project out through the masks, underneath, we know what we feel and we feel scared and we feel like we're not being authentic. We're not being honest. Yeah. my my own experience and by the way this is also my story right i mean i've gone i'm a human being being born on this earth i didn't have conscious parents and so this is my story what i have learned and it's it may sound a little bit counterintuitive um and i would say it's it's definitely um pushes the edge of your comfort zone and it does require you to step more into courage Okay. But what I found is that the best way to deal with the imposter syndrome is not to add more masks. Ah. It is to remove the masks. Right. And to okay. show yourself and to even say, you know what? I'm, I'm nervous. Yes. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm a human being and I'm, I'm, I'm scared. And that's it. Right. Amazing. Thank you for sharing, Chris. So tell us, what prompted you to, uh, well, you're a co-creator of HeartQ. Uh, I, I guess uh, Dr. Madalena would tell us some details more about it, but you're a man on the spot now. Yes. What prompted you to create HeartQ and what is HeartQ representative of uh, for people who are interested? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. Thank you so much. So, um, like I mentioned before, both Madalena and I, we have been on this um, personal and spiritual development journey for the past 10 years. Right. And um, our life has changed in more ways than I can, than I can describe. Okay. Um, and it's not just a life outside of us, like the, the way that we experience life, the, you know, uh, sorry, uh, the, um, yeah, the way that it's life outside of us, but the, what's, what's changed more importantly is the life inside of us and the way that we interact with life, right? So it's more like an inside out experience. Yeah. And so because of that, we become, you know, more confident, happier, you know, just, just enjoying life more. 
And so one point about maybe four or five years ago, friends started coming to us and saying to us, just like I went to Madalena and I asked her, hey, what exactly are you doing? Friends started coming to us and noticing, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. What, 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 what books are you reading? What programs are you doing? What exactly are you, what's your mindset, you know? And so we kept getting asked these questions and um, people were coming to us. Hey, can you, can you help me? Can you coach me? Can you give me some advice? Can you do anything to just help me? Basically what they were saying, like to, to live life more like you. Mm-hmm. And so that prompted us, Madalena and I, to sit down and say, what have we been doing? Because <laughs> we didn't do it for the, to create a program or to create Harky. We did it for ourselves, right? So that prompted us to, say, to sit down and say, what have we been doing? Like, what has our journey been? What worked? What didn't work? And, to, and then we just said, let's codify that. Let's put it on paper. Let's create a program and, uh, you, you know, an online program where people can do it on their own and also a coaching program where we can, you know, help people, guide people on the same journey or, you know, not the same, but their own journey with similar values, right? Yes. And so um, we simply just looked back and we said, okay, wow, we did a, a lot of things that did not work. Yeah. But we did a few things that really worked, that really, you know, shifted our life around. So now everything that we've created, everything that we are in the, in the uh, heart cue, what we call the heart cue lifestyle, right? Which is a heart cue umbrella, the program, the, the, um, the meditations, the, the coaching, everything that's under there is all based on our, just everything that we have learned for the past 10 years, condensed, is a, we call it condensed wisdom, right? Condensed it and offering it in a way that is palatable that okay. people can understand and that they can actually apply in their life. This is not just philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's that. But also, how do we bring, for us, it's all, uh, always about action. How do you bring um, what, we, what we teach into your life? And you know, a lot of times people have this um, lens through which they say, how do I integrate <clears throat> um, the teachings into their life? And we always say, please don't do that. Don't, don't integrate your, the teachings into your life. Integrate your life into the teachings. Right. Because right. you are becoming someone different just yeah. by going through a program, just by working with us, right? You're becoming someone different. Integrate your life into yeah. the new you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is visionary and inspirational, Chris. Thanks so much for sharing. So you are a best-selling author. Mm. What is the name of that book and what was that experience like for you? Mm. So the book, um, we have, uh, I have been a part of a group of co-authors and uh, this has been this um, initiative of yeah. changing the, 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 the world, but in a, in a, again, in a way where we meet people where they are. Okay. And the series is called Ignite. And I've been part of a few Ignite books, all of them that have become uh, international bestsellers. Um, I've been in the men's book uh, and in the couple's book, the, the Ignite Your, Lo- Your Love Life. Okay. Uh, my wife, of course, has been in her own, you know, more uh, female leadership and also parenting um, Ignite series. And writing the book, to be honest, has been a, an eye-opening experience. Um, and I, I actually I use this quite a bit in my, in my coaching because it is... It, it, it really shows people what happens when you get out of your way. So um, I, was, I was invited to be part of this project. And um, 
And I, I immediately, my, my mind wanted to say no, because I've never written a book before, right? I always used to say, I can write a good email, but a book, it's a whole different thing, right? So, um, but I, I, uh, I said, yes, I said, yes. And then I was going to say, okay, let me figure out how do I get my entire mind and body to follow the yes that I just said. <laughs> so uh, for a long time, after I said, yes, I procrastinated. Because um, my, my story was, I'm not a good writer. I don't have anything to say. Um, and I, I don't know how to write a book. I mean, I've never written a book. And so for months, months, I procrastinated, uh, believing, believing my story. And then one day, I said to myself, of course, the deadline did have something to do with it. So it was the deadline was coming up, right? So one day I just said, you know what? I'm going to sit down, I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in, and I'm going to say, stop believing the story that I cannot write, and I'm going to just say, what do I want to say? What do I, what's coming up? Just literally connect to my heart, and then listen. So we have this concept in our uh, HeartQ lifestyle of talking through listening. Yeah. So we listen to our heart. And when we talk, we don't talk from our mind, but we talk what the heart says. So that's what I did. I closed my eyes and um, I wrote the book in two hours. So I, I spent months procrastinating. And then I, I spent two hours writing the entire thing. Yeah. Um, and it was a surprising experience, not just the fact that it was... Um, I wrote it in such a short um, period of time, two hours, right? Uh, but again, remember, I, I always had uh, the story that I cannot write because I've never written a book. So I, I, I don't know how to write. I cannot write. What was also surprising is that when the book when the, you know, went, went to, the, to the editors, the editors uh, came back to me and said, I don't really have anything to edit. <laughs> and they, they, actually, they invited me to be part of the editing team because they said, wow, you are actually a good writer. And I was saying, yes, thank you. And in my mind, as I was saying that, the story was changing. Uh, so, yeah, now I wrote a few books. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, there are two places I want to go, Chris. But before I go there, I observe behind you that you have something that appears to be from the uh, Far East, is it? Yes. Yes, it's a Buddha. Yeah, I taught I taught the Zen Buddha or Zen Buddhist when I saw it with mm -hmm. the back. Um, is that part of your spiritual background, your spiritual level of consciousness? Mm. The way that um, I look at uh, spirituality mm -hmm. is the metaphor that I always like to use is that, uh, and this applies not just to this applies to anything in life and anything in my life. I like to see myself as flowing as a river between um, different boxes, so to speak. Okay. Boxes are different, are um, belief systems. And as I flow through them, I, I, I get to experience them. I'm, I'm very curious. So I always, when, I, when, I, when, I, when the curiosity bug bites me, I go in deep, right? And I, I, I immerse myself in it. And, and I always take what I feel like it's um, is beneficial or what resonates with me. And as I flow through life, I've been 
you know, taking here and there. And yes, um, this philosophy has has had an impact in my life. Um, but I've I've taken from Hinduism, Christianity, um, Islam. I mean, I am I'm not. Yeah, I'm I'm very open, open-minded, right. open-hearted person. So. I hear you. I hear you. Appreciate that, Chris. So in terms of the world that we live in currently, uh, we spoke about the, the imposter syndrome scenario. We spoke about people trying to please other people or other organizations are not really pleasing themselves. But you touched on something there just now when you spoke about when you change your thought pro process with regards to writing the book. Mm -hmm. And you started listening to your heart instead. Mm -hmm. And you were able to complete that publication in two hours. I mean, that in itself is an amazing story, Chris. Mm -hmm. How do you get people to come out of their head and actually pay attention to what their heart is saying and to know for sure that what they are listening to and responding to is mm -hmm. coming from the heart and not the head? Yeah. That is such a good question, Andy, because I get asked this question a lot in the sense that when I get people to, you know, uh, drop from their heads to their, to their heart and, and it's, it's a process of feeling the yeah. mind thinks and the heart feels, okay. and we've, we've, we've been, we've been conditioned to, to have almost an aversion to feeling like, even when we are feeling angry or happy or any type of feeling or emotion that we may be having automatically we go to our head and we say what am i going to do with this yeah no 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 what i'm inviting people to do is to stay stay in the body and feel and through the process of feeling you go into your heart right mm -hmm. it's it's um it's actually it's it's very easy to do it's just that people forgot how to do it we, we did it as children all the time, all the time. We just forgot how to do it. So it's a process of remembering, right? And um, while people, when people are there, right, in their heart, in this place of feeling, that's when I, I, I invite them to ask a question. Find an answer to something that you are struggling with, okay? And a lot of times the, the, what, what, when, when they come out, they, they ask me, but how do I know? How do I know that that was my heart speaking and not my mind, right? Because again, you think, you, you know, a lot of times the, whatever comes up from your heart goes to your mind and that's how you experience it. You experience it as a thought. You maybe experience it as an image, but where is that all, all of that happening? It's happening in your, in your head. So that's why it's a little bit confusing for people. How do I know? How do I know? It's a very easy way to distinguish. When you are in your heart, and you are, let's say you're asking a question from your heart. In that moment, you are connected to the wisdom of the universe. And the, and the universe and the God and, you know, is not, it's clear. It's spontaneous. It's immediate. There's no fluff. There's no debating. It's truth or untruth. So when you are asking that question, usually when you, know, when you are in your heart, the answer comes right away. The answer is clear. Usually it comes in a one word, just one word or one sentence, very clear. If you, that's your heart. That's how you know you're in your heart. If you find yourself debating with yourself, hmm, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. This is the good, this is good, bad. 
you're you're lost you're in your mind wow. that's that's a that's an easy way to distinguish all if right. you are in your mind or your heart all right yeah i hear that great um i was listening to uh uh deepak chopra mm -hmm. interview recently mm -hmm. he said that the greatest feeling that man could ever experience has nothing to do with him and the universe, has nothing to do with his intelligence, has nothing to do with love or building a relationship or even success, but it is encapsulated in one word and that word is all. You see, if you find yourself on a regular basis always being in awe mm -hmm. of your, yourself, life, and everything that is happening around you, it means that you are so present that no matter what goes on around you, you can focus on the beauty of the moments that you are in because you're always in awe. And that to me kind of connects with what you're saying about the intelligence of the heart because that cannot be something that's coming from the head. Yes. That has to be a connection of the heart because the heart is the thing that brings out <gasps> The wonder, the emotions that you feel when you, wow, it's it's like a, a, an affinity moment and it hits you. Yes. And you can savor that moment. What are your thoughts on that, Chris? Andy, you, first of all, thank you for bringing up that concept. Uh -huh. uh, and I was going to take it further and then you did. So you stole my thunder. You stole my thunder. No. <laughs> Man, it's all good. It's all good. So wow. what I was going to say about yeah. that is this. Um, I 100% agree with uh, Deepak Chopra and the awe. Yeah. And as you shared that, what I felt was to take it, you know, this extra level, extra step, this further step, right? And... <laughs> Here's the thing, before I say it, um, language. Yeah. Language is a beautiful technology. Right. right now we're using language, right? We are able to synthesize our thoughts. I always say our, our, our mind synthesizes and our heart alchemizes. So we are able to synthesize our thoughts and therefore we're able to um, transfer from one to another all this wisdom and all these thoughts, all these ideas, and you know, look, look around us, like everything, everything has been created yeah. through this, the process of thought, right? Somebody thought that lamp, yeah. somebody thought that, that uh, you know, Buddha and so on, right? And the la language also has its disadvantage. Mm -hmm. And the disadvantage of, th of, um, of language is that it boxes people up. Uh. It boxes people up in the sense that when I say to you, um, let's say, phone, I just say one word, phone. You already know. I don't have to describe to you what goes into a phone, uh, you know, the fact that you can call someone. I don't have to do all of that. I just say phone. You already know what it is. Yeah. I say lamp. You already know that this is a device that creates light and so on, right? I don't have to describe to you. Same way, we have... We've built understandings, right, around specific words, such as awe. 
when, when you say ah, already people have an understanding of what ah means. But where does that understanding live? In the mind. So now they experience awe as an as a intellectual concept. So when you said that, the, where I was going to take it, for the, the next level, so to speak, but then you said it. So is this, instead of saying experience awe, I would say experience ah. Yeah. You see? Now, that is not a word. Mm. That is actual experience. It took my breath away. Mm. Right? So when, when we are experiencing the, oh, now we are in the body. I, as, as I did that, when I said, ah, uh, when, when we were talking about ah, uh, yeah. everything, I was here in my mind. But when I said, ah, uh, already I'm feeling my entire body tingling. Yes. I'm feeling the experience because I've experienced in the past Mm -hmm. moments where I went, ah, that took my breath away. And now when, as, as I'm saying it again, I'm feeling all of that in my body. So I would say that this is where that little, my, my invitation to people is. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, you know, listen to all of these words that are being said to you because they carry wisdom. But then also see, how do you take that word and actually experience it? Right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the embodiment of the word itself so that it becomes exactly. in you and, and it becomes a reality. Wow. Yeah. Amazing, Chris. Amazing. So uh, on, on a personal note, mm -hmm. do you have a mentor that still voice that keeps you grounded when you have questions, when you have decisions to make, you need to think through something, you need to get uh, another insight, is there that person in your life that you go to and you know within your heart that, hey, you know what? Yeah, he or she is gonna be able to give me what I need to hear and feel so that I can make a heart-informed decision. I wanna frame it in that, in, that, in, that, in that essence. Is there that person in your life? Yeah. Um, the short answer is yes and no. Ah, mm. Let me explain. Let me explain. Number first, I believe that there are fifty thousand coaches all around us. We are surrounded by coaches. We are surrounded by people um, that have something to teach us. All we have to do is embody the student. You know, um, I've heard this thing uh, a while ago, and I, I really deeply, it deeply impacted me um, that. There are three words in the English language, or like I would say uh, a three-word phrase in the Eng English language that is the most dangerous phrase of all. And that is, I know that. Mm. Yeah. Once you say, I know that, you stopped, you stopped receiving. You That's stopped true. learning. Yeah. So always embody, I always embody the student. I, I, I listen, I pay attention. Oh, this, a lot of times people have so much wisdom, but they share it in passing as if like it's nothing to them, right? But if you pay attention, you will learn something. So I have 50,000 coaches, you know, around me. It's a metaphor, but it's, I have coaches all around me. You are my coach right now. I'm, I'm receiving so much wisdom from you. If not, not, if, not just the words that you say, but the, the energy that you are 
that you are sharing with me right now. So downsizing a little bit, you know, um, I, I, I always have a coach. I think I, I am a strong believer that every coach needs a coach, right? So yes, I do have a coach that, that I, I, I work with. Uh, and um, then I also have, uh, but it, so again, there are layers mm. underneath that closer to me, so to speak, another coach that I always go to. And um, I call this person, my coach, my muse, my inspiration, my, all of these, it's my wife yeah, because she has been with me for the past 20 years. She right. sees things that I don't see. She sees my blind spots. Mm. She she see, she hears what I'm not saying. She 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 sees me not wanting to see what I you know what what what, what where am I hiding? I live with a, I always say this. I live with a conscious woman. Do you know how hard it is to hide from a conscious woman? There's no place to hide, right? So my my wife is my my very next level of, of uh, my, my immediate level, so to speak, of coach. However, uh, my first, my number one coach, it's my heart. All right. I have learned to, um, I have learned to listen to my heart. I have learned to trust my heart. I have learned to trust my intuition. Uh, and I have made decisions in the past that um, intellectually to me, intellectually to me and intellectually to other people around me made no sense. Yeah. Absolutely no. People came to me and said, why would you do that? Why would you waste your time, your money? Why would you go in that direction? Why? It makes no sense. And I couldn't answer them at that time. I couldn't answer with an intellectual way. I struggled. But the truth was that I, I felt it. I didn't know why. I just felt it. And every time I made a, an intellectual decision. And I know I do that because I have this system of, you know, I, I take a sheet of paper, I draw a line, the pros and the cons, and then I weigh things. And that's my mental process, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I do that all the time. But every time I made a big decision using my intellect and using the process that mental, I've always had struggled with, God, am I making the right decision? Um, is this the right thing? Then I finally, finally make the decision. And then I spend so much time looking back over my shoulder, wondering, have I made the right decision? But what I found that every time, without exception, I, I know this may sound an exaggeration, but every time, without exception, every time I made a decision from my heart, trusting my intuition, even though all the intellectual reasoning said no, but, I, but my heart said yes, not even once did I look over my shoulder to say, God, did I make the right decision? Not even once. And all of those turned out to be, um, you know, looking back in hindsight, connecting the dots, looking backwards. I look back and I say, wow, look where that brought me because of that decision that I made that made no sense. So for me, I'm, I've learned how to trust my intuition, how to trust my heart, how to connect with, with, with my heart and just listen and act from, you know, take heart aligned actions. This is what we, what we call in our, in our program, in our teachings, right? And this is what I teach people to, to go in, trust, you know? Great. So uh, I'm just going to take a look at, um, I lost my Facebook audience for some technical reason that I can't understand. 
So what I did was um, I switched to YouTube mm -hmm. and uh, we call in our in our program in our teachings, right? <laughs> and this is what I teach people to to go in trust. Right. So I just got a little bit of the feedback there, but mm -hmm. I'm not seeing any comments here. So that's okay. Uh, we're gonna do what we have to do and continue providing the content and the information. So finally, Chris, I wanna ask you the mega question. Let's imagine that you have the opportunity to speak to the entire world. This phone, this megaphone is in your hand and 8 billion people are listening to you. Mm -hmm. And you have something that you can say that everybody's gonna hear, mm -hmm. but you have to say something that would be so impactful that you're not going to waste that precious, timeless, indelible moment. What would you say to them? Pause. Uh, Slow down. Why? We are, our mind races. And every time we are, we live very fast paced lives. When we slow down, and we get to, we, when we slow down, we get to feel, we get to feel ourselves. We get to have a different perspective. Let's use the metaphor that you used earlier with the train. If a train passes in front of you and you've never seen a train before and it passes in front of you at high speed, all you see is this blur. That's how we live life. Mm. We live life at such a fast speed that everything is a blur. We don't have time to process things and to understand things fully, not, not, not intellectually, but at a, at a somatic level to see how does that feel for us? We don't have that because we're living very fast-paced lives. However, when the train slows down, when we slow down, we get to understand better. We get to feel, we get to, you know, there's a saying, which again, I, I resonate with, everyone can be a yogi if they just slow down to smell the roses. When was the last time that you smelled the rose? Yeah. When is this last time that you paused and you touched the ground and you took a piece of you know, sand or dirt in your hand and actually not just that, but you, 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 you felt the way it felt in your hand, the sensations that went through your body. How did that impact you? What meaning does it have? Hmm. I, you know, I, I, um, speaking of this, you know, I, I always say, uh, and speaking of the fast-paced lives, you know, in, in, in the Western world, at least, you know, we talk a lot about ADD, you know, attention deficit disorder, and everyone has ADD. Well, no kidding. Of course, everyone has ADD because we live such a fast-paced lives. But you know what people have? It's not ADD. They have NDD, mm. nature deficit disorder. Okay. I love to, if, if only people paused and went out in nature and connect. This is where I live. I, I always try to surround myself with nature. Yeah. When I go to nature and, and I slow everything down, you know, I realize, wow, there is this ground, this solid ground that I stand on. And on top of this ground, I see all these trees that grow. But there is a life that I don't see hmm. that is underground. And, you know, all these roots, they interconnect. Yeah. And what does that mean for me? Oh, that means that I am interconnected with, you know, with other people, even though I don't see the connection right away. 
I am interconnected with the life force that, that flows through me. This is the life, same life force that flows through these trees behind me, yes. right? There is a beauty that we get to see in ourselves. And when we see the beauty in ourselves, now we have the lens of beauty and we get to see life through that lens. And simply put, life becomes more beautiful. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I remember um, from neurosciences that the term they use to describe that transmittance of the energy of life from one person to the next is called umbilistic renaissance. And it's amazing that we don't take the time to really stop, according to what you said, Chris, slow down, just, just stop and do nothing. And taking the beauty of nature that surrounds us because nature is the foundation and the root of all life. <laughs> I mean, I, I go back to the scripture and I'm thinking, God created all the things of nature before he put man there and put man in charge of it. Mm -hmm. So in essence, if we are thinking from what God is thinking, he's saying, I created all this beauty for you. Yes. So yes. why have you allowing it to go by with a blur mm -hmm. and not stopping and taking time to really come in contact, as you said, to touch, to feel, walk outside bare feet sometimes and just feel the connection to the soil and the earth mm -hmm. and, and just feel that energy that natural energy that has no chemicals mm -hmm. it doesn't need a thought it just needs a connection with the heart to feel what is happening that resource natural powerful energy man it's amazing we could talk about this whole day but we have to come to an end chris yeah. <laughs> yeah. and and one more thing one more thing i invite people to also connect with other people in the same way yes and this works best of course you know with um people that are in in relationship this is something that i do with with madalina all the time where we we pause, we sit down on a couch or on a chair, face, face each other. And I put my hand on her heart and she puts her hand on my heart and we just look at each other and we, we communicate in a different way. Yeah. And it's a heart to heart communication. So I invite people to do that as well. It's not just nature. It's not just the things around us, but it's the people because at the end of the day, we need that, especially my God, especially what we've all been through as a humanity through this pandemic. Mm. Two yeah. years, we haven't had this connection. This is more important now than ever. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Chris. It's amazing. Wow. I consider that um, what, I, what I often discuss with my wife, um, I always remind her that as long as we have our values aligned, mm -hmm. Things are going to always work out in our best interest because it means we are eating out of the same plate and drinking out of the same cup. And once that happens, we'll always be a force to reckon with. So mm, that's beautiful. Amazing. amazing. So, Chris, here's mm. the thing you have the opportunity now to share um, with our people. Mm -hmm. We can make contact with you if they need to access your services, they need to read any of the books that you co authored. Mm -hmm. uh, speak at a conference maybe a yes. training session or whatever just yeah. share information how they can make contact with you yeah thank you for that opportunity andy and uh we made it very easy uh we kind of come uh, you know con concentrated everything on our website so which is heartq.com heartq 
you know, like, you know, we all have an IQ, EQ, HeartQ, right? So heartq.com. Uh, and that's where we have ways to contact us, ways to work with us, um, our, all our social media, all of that is concentrated there. So heartq.com is the best way. Okay, great. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing. So we have had in our presence, Chris Agafi, uh, heart intelligence coach, best-selling author, co-creator of HeartQ and the Heart Intelligent Lifestyle as our guest. And he has provided tremendous amounts of value with the nuggets on how we can switch from the head and live constantly from the heart, which is the best place. It's the center of everything. So we want to thank him and also his beautiful wife for coming up, you know, as they created that program out of their personal experience. So there's value in it. They're not telling you about somebody else's story. They're not repeating something that they heard. They lived it. And that's what makes it so powerful, Chris. So thanks to you and Dr. Madalena. And we say so long. And remember the three watchwords, people. Health, happiness, and prosperity. So until next time, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development in the breakout room together with Chris Agafi saying so long, God bless, shalom, namaste. Bye for now, guys.